introducing The Sound of Design with Mark and Dan, the podcast that takes you on an exhilarating journey through the captivating realm of custom technology. Join us as we unveil the sensational tales of Nashville's very own dynamic duo of AV designers. Don't miss out on this thrilling auditory expedition into the mesmerizing world of custom technology. Hello. How are you, sir? How are the puppies? They're good. They're good. Just uh, I've got three of them, and I don't like taking more than two at a time. So uh, I gotcha. Because uh, two of the three could pull me to the ground if they wanted to. <laughs> Not that they ever do, because we don't allow that behavior. Sure. But if, like, we've got a neighbor that has two full-grown German shepherds that she has a lot of control over, but should one of the dogs get a wild hair, um, I want to be able to control them, so... Yeah, I uh, yeah, I only take two at a time, so I'll take two, and then I'll take the other one. Uh, well, welcome to the sound of design with Mark and Dan, and uh, I think we should jump right into it. Uh, this being one of the first episodes, we wanted to cover some topics that, um, in these first couple that you know are kind of foundational and kind of set a stage a little bit for. Uh, some things to come. And so um, I think there's nothing from a technology perspective that is more foundational today <laughs> than networking. Is that fair? Yeah. You mean the thing that I get from my internet provider, that thing? Yes. The 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 internet itself is really yeah, what okay. we're talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. That I thought you meant that box that's supposed to cover my whole 5,000 square foot home. Oh, yes. Well, we'll get to that. We will. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay. Um, but uh, I think it's important that uh, we do a little definition for folks who are not technical. And um, quite honestly, that's really 90% of the reason why we're doing this uh, is so that way uh, we can make sure that everybody's on the same page um, because there's nothing more frustrating than, you know, when you can't follow along. And so uh, when we say... Uh, the word networking, we're literally talking about connecting devices with the internet. Is that fair? I think that's a fair assessment. Right. And it doesn't mm -hmm. matter what the device is, uh, if it's a television or a fridge or a cell phone. Uh, if it connects to the internet, then it is a networked device, right? Got it we should probably understand how we get the internet into the house first. Maybe let's start there. You know, can you talk to me about what you look for, for from the internet service provider or from the, the pipe of internet coming into the house? What does that look like? A lot of times when I'm talking with clients, whether it's, you know, I've met them in person or I met them, you know, in a, in a location or something along those lines, Internet is one of the, the things I touch on, you know, asking them what service provider do they have? If it's a new home, have they done research into those service providers or do I need to do the research for them? Um, and I will do that if I have to. We'll look into, you know, whether it's a fiber connection, cable, hopefully not DSL, but, <laughs> you know, uh, or, you know, we've got satellite internet that's supposed to be getting better with Starlink as that rolls along. But, uh, sure. you know, looking into, 
that provider because I know, especially if we're talking about smart home or integration with multiple rooms of technology, that network needs to be solid and I need to get the speeds uh, that uh, I would expect based on, you know, whatever we're going to be talking about in the home. Sure. So that's and, where I start. And you mentioned three things, uh, kind of the three most common, right? And the first one was fiber. And mm -hmm. so I think just to be clear, that's where there's a fiber optic cable that actually goes from uh, the neighborhood infrastructure to your house. And what the benefit of that is, is that you get a 1000 megabits per second download and upload. So have you ever seen a true thousand down mark? Uh, you know, um, pretty <laughs> close hardwired. Okay. Wi-Fi? Uh, no. No. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I mean, not at not when you're. That's your your level of service. But that's to be expected. It's an average of about half to seventy five percent of the speed that you pay for. You'll get over Wi-Fi. Yeah. No. And listen, I have it at the house. I I get it. It's it. it I've never seen a thousand over Wi-Fi. It's just not a thing. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I wish it was, but uh, me too. We're we're just not there yet. Um, you mentioned cable, and so I think just to clarify, that would be your traditional cable provider. So that's a coax wire, that's copper, that's the old-fashioned, mm -hmm. so to speak, uh, wire we've been using for a long time. Uh, and I saw that uh, they've doubled up some channels, which I'm not going to get into channels, it doesn't matter. But they can get up to 1,200, I guess, over a coax, is that correct? Yes, actually. Um, yeah, the only real downside, I would say, is just... It can s suffer from uh, peak times. Ah, yep. So this is that famous, uh, I'm at my house, I'm on a Zoom call, and then all of a sudden it's 7 o'clock, and <laughs> everyone's coming <laughs> home from work, and everyone's on the internet all at the same time, and then all of a sudden my 1200 is not 1200, it's 600 or something similar to that. What is the some of the things that you've seen that are some of the biggest... Uh, frustrations or biggest no-nos that you th that seems to happen. Um, Do you have a few hours? Uh, um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, the the biggest thing is uh, infrastructure of the home. So, did you have your builder wire your home with, and you know, Ethernet cable to multiple rooms of the house, and or cable connection to to multiple rooms of the house? I know it sounds outdated because a lot of folks are streaming and things like that. If you're trying to run it all off of Wi-Fi, uh, unless it's just you uh, and you're just streaming on one device, uh, you probably uh, are not going to get the best experience. So, yep. um, you know, that's the biggest one is, you know, I, I get it. Things are on Wi-Fi, but hardwire what you can to make that Wi-Fi run stronger and better for the devices that have to be on Wi-Fi, like your phones and tablets and refrigerators and washers and dryers and things yeah. like that. And it's, it, it, I want to piggyback a little bit on that. You said something interesting, like you and one device. You know, if you have your uh, router from your internet service provider, that's ISP, right? So that's the company that's actually bringing the uh, internet into the house. Uh, mm -hmm. If they've put that on one side of the house, right? Because that's where the office is, or that's the easiest, you know, connection point is for them. And you have a 2,500 square foot house. Like you don't have to have some giant mansion. Um, mm -hmm. you're not going to get Wi-Fi on the other side, right? Um, nope. It's Those devices will cover 800 to 1,000 square feet 
you know, at best. And uh, I've seen this all the time. You walk in and it's like, okay, so here's where my internet starts. And then we've got an extender over here. And then I couldn't get it in this back office. And so we got another yep. extender that goes off of the <laughs> extender or... <laughs> or another router because or, yeah. I had this one from five years ago from my other house. And the G Series. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> it, so like, what do you do, right? Like, how do you correctly... Uh, broadcast Wi-Fi, right, and distribute Wi-Fi throughout the home. And I love the fact that you said run a wire because, I mean, that's so, so important um, for permanently installed devices, devices that can be uh, be run. So um, what wire do you typically use uh, to connect your devices? Ethernet or uh, typically referred to as Cat5. Although most is now Cat six, um, you actually have in older homes is Cat five um, or Cat five e, and then now you've got Cat six and Cat six seven does exist, um, but it's rarely used at least in uh, residential applications. Um, but it, it you know can all do the same thing other than you're just limited on distances based on the the type of connection Cat six being the the most preferable in our case right now to get you the the most distance out of those uh for data transmission yeah and, and i've seen cat six wire we've done a couple of jobs where we had some really long wire runs we had to go through the crawl space and up three floors and through an attic and all that kind of stuff and right. i think the wire was you know almost 300 feet something along those lines and we were still getting a thousand megabits per second so if you can put a wire in place you get all of the bandwidth Right. Right. Um, and that's kind of its 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 big benefit. So if you plug in lots of things, what do you need to plug those things into? Well, um, you'll need a device that's going to essentially give you the ability to split that signal to multiple devices. So commonly referred to as a, a switch or a network switch, not a Nintendo switch. Um <laughs> Typically, a network switch, you know, will be five to eight ports, and you can go to any of your local tech stores, and most of them are going to have something like that. Depending on the size of your house and how many connections you need, you know, they go all the way up to 50, 60 ports in some cases. So, We were doing a job not too long ago, and uh, there was uh, uh, a bunch of blue wires that were coming out of uh, this guy's panel in a coat closet, and... He was like, you know, what are we going to do with all this? And it was like, well, we can clean that up and put a switch in and, you know, give you hardwired connection. And he goes, really? Like, I said, yeah, you can get all of the speed that you're paying for. And he goes, man, I've had the worst Wi-Fi for the last five years. And it's Ooh. been a huge problem. And I was like, we can fix that. <laughs> yep, yep, we can fix it. And we were able to just, you know, plug some devices in and got his computer hardwired and... Uh, got his television hardwired and things like just cleaned up immediately. Um, his performance was through the roof. All right, let's say that uh, you want to get Wi-Fi specifically to some other location, uh, be it outside or to that office on the far side of the house, or uh, maybe it's a, a, a uniquely designed home and so it's longer than it is tall or something, you know, so you've got like some sort of a, uh, a distance you got to try and get Wi-Fi way over there. It doesn't reach. Uh, how would you do it? The the device that your internet service provider, you know, gives you is Gateway, which is a modem, which is going to be the device that 
know, takes the signal from your connection, whatever it is, whether that's fiber or, and it's going to convert it to where a device can now route the signal. Um, so that would be the router, which is going to take in all the signals and divide them out, whether that's to a hardwired connection on the device or to the wireless portion of the device, which we would call you know, a wireless access point. But what they provide you in that gateway is essentially all three of those devices in one. Uh, so, I gotcha. Um, so they're not really designed to be expanded upon. First option that a lot of folks have, you know, was, was popular, gosh, 10, 15 years ago when Wi-Fi was kind of first starting to become more popular, uh, was getting an extender, right? Yep. And an extender, you plug it into an outlet typically somewhere in between where you're not getting signal and where you have good signal, and it takes that signal and rebroadcasts it. The downside to that is not only is it broadcasting towards the room that you didn't have good signal in, it's also now broadcasting back the other direction towards your uh, existing router that you or gateway that you have from your service provider. Let me guess, um, that gives yeah. interference. Interference is the best way to describe <laughs> that. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, so how do you try to limit interference? Because your devices, as smart as they claim to be, aren't smart enough to know, should I connect to this or should I connect to that, if you name them the same. So you have to name this one, you know, something different. network name extender <laughs> or something along those lines. And now you've got to remember when you walk across the house to, oh, I got to switch to this. So, and, you know, while I, I get it, it's not a huge deal, but it's not a seamless experience. So uh, enter... Mesh networking. Oh my goodness! How mesh. does mesh networking work, Dan? Uh, so, uh, it's exactly the same as the extender in the sense that there's a wireless connection between where your home base uh, ISP gateway is going to live and the areas of the house where you want other uh, Wi-Fi coverage to be. And so, what you do is you take their coming like a two-pack or three-pack or you know I saw one house had seven. I'm, it's a True story. Um, yep. <laughs> and no, it, it was amazing because every time you add a node, you are essentially going to cut some of the bandwidth when you do that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it, the principle kind of goes along these lines. And this is not perfect, uh, but it's, it's pretty close, which is you add another node, okay? And well, now they're going to take some of that bandwidth and re reserve it as what's called a back channel so they push the data two directions and that kind of makes sense like yeah you know i had eight lanes of data now i've only got four why because yep. that other four is now being reserved to move data back to the main unit well um in some of the early systems it was so bad that you add another node you cut your bandwidth in half and you add another node and you cut your bandwidth in half and it, when i told you the story that i saw seven this guy was getting 12 megabits a second download because he had a very large house and he was trying to get coverage everywhere. And even though the signal strength was strong, his speed was so slow because the intranet traffic, right, just the devices communicating with each other was overwhelming the system. And so it's mm -hmm. like, I know what he was trying to do. He's like, I need to get Wi-Fi in all these different places. It's like, man, you, you took like a, a butter knife and tried to cut a steak with it. Like it just didn't, <laughs> it didn't work. It, uh, listen, if I just need to get one extra area, all right, fine. But as soon as you get past like two, maybe three, 
we're going to need a different solution here to uh uh to to come into play and really you know solve a problem not create a new one by solving another one right like right so right what could you do that's beyond mesh it's it's kind of become a, a staple in most of the projects that I work on, and I know that it's going to be the same for you. And that's going to be utilizing uh, a wireless access point. Um, yes, you'll hear us refer to them as WAPs, um, and those are a uh, a hardwired device that you utilizing the infrastructure that you have around your home uh, are placed strategically in order to give you the best coverage across your space. And they're hardwired back to the main the main location to your router and to the switch. Um, and typically, uh, depending on what you go with, some of them have uh, they're they're all going to have some sort of management. So uh, mm. that might be a physical device that's connected to that same network switch, or it might be done in the cloud. Um, you know, while uh, it's kind of hosted in the cloud, so you don't need that additional piece living on your network somewhere. So, um, in in mm-hmm. the interest just of pure definition and and keeping things clear, this is a wireless access point is just broadcasting Wi-Fi. It's just the Wi-Fi part of that gateway, just now in its own box. And so, where before you had all of them in one box, now you have a separate box that is dedicated to just that purpose, right? Am I am I correct tracking? And yeah. And when you say they're hardwired, that's the Cat6, the ethernet wire that we talked about before. That gets plugged into the switch and so I have to ask this question, does any switch work? Preferably, you would utilize a switch that's called a PoE switch or power over ethernet. So that means that there's a power supply built in or that's separated from the the switch and some of those connection points on that switch actually have a power uh, a, a voltage of power that that goes over the cable and actually will power a device at the other end oh so, so it, i don't have to plug it in no so you don't need a separate uh wall wall port or wall wart or some other device that we call a poe injector it's not uh, it's not needed because it's built into that network switch. So now it's just a seamless connection, just like it was before. Mm. But I'm sending a a, uh, a power source over that same connection, so still carries the data. So there's no loss or anything along those lines. Uh, it just allows me to power a device uh, in that location without having to plug it into a power outlet. That's simple awesome. as that. So you've got wireless access points, right, which are broadcasting. You've got the switch, which is doing the power over Ethernet or the PoE to that WAP. So we understand. So I got it. All right. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. how, how many WAPs could you put in a system? Um, you know, it's it's going to be dependent on the, you know, the, the, whichever ones your 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 integrator or your designer is going to uh, to go with. But in most ca- occasions, you can do. Minimum five. Um, uh, there's uh, a few that we work with that you're really not limited. Um, sometimes you may have to pay for additional licenses from the vendor itself based sure. on how many, because you need ad- additional cloud storage or support from them. But uh, you know, really your limitation is only based off of the hardware that you're choosing um, and not really... You know, based off of anything else, this, it just comes down to the square footage that you have and the type of 
coverage and, uh, and gotcha. speeds that we're looking for, right? So it's it's kind of like if I have a certain amount of uh, space that I need to cover, I have a 5,000 square foot house or 8,000 square foot space or something, maybe it's, I've got a regular, you know, 2,500 square foot house, but I've got, you know, we're in middle Tennessee, so we've got a barn that's, you know, maybe on the property or an extended garage or something along those lines. You want to get Wi-Fi out to there and so you can use mm-hmm. an access point system with wires running in between in order to create more coverage. Um, okay, I right. think I right. think that makes sense. Um, right. But but also, what if I don't have a wire between my house and that barn? Do you have a solution for that? I mean, I do have a solution for that. Okay. Mark. <laughs> what would what would that be? What would that well, be, Dan? That would be called point to point kit. Okay. Uh, essentially, um, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, if you take uh, one of these wireless access points and you put it in a special mode, it only uh, communicates with a second wireless access point put also in a special mode. And you can get up to a half of a mile, uh, in some cases, longer wow. than that. <laughs> uh, it's almost like running a wire. Um, but obviously we haven't because they essentially, mm-hmm. the, these, the two devices, they lock into each other. And so they only communicate and they do require line of sight. Um, but one of my favorite applications, and I think you've probably done a variation of this project too. Uh, main house is, you know, up on a hill, very long driveway. And so you want to get a network line, right? Some way, shape or form down to the gate. Um, and like, how do you do that without digging up a half a mile of <laughs> of the front yard. It's right, like, right. And cat doesn't, uh, Ethernet, right, that, that hard wire doesn't go past 330 feet, if I remember correctly. Uh, so right. it's like you're outside of the range. So anyway, you, we did a point-to-point, and we were to in, able to integrate this gate station. So it has a camera on it and a microphone, and you press a button and then punch in a code, and you can open the gate. And uh, point-to-point was the way that we did it. Now, we did have power, right? It does require power. Um, right. But you can you can get network signal in a lot of places. Yeah, so. yeah, and and you know I I kind of did that same thing um, with uh, another client of, of mine where we had kind of a separated garage. Mm. It wasn't that far from the house, but there was no way to get a wire from the house to this garage without coming from the back side of the house, running about 150 feet, trenching a wire over to the garage. Versus we had a connection about. 20 feet away uh, in the main home. So we used that point of point to point kit, shot the signal over to that garage. And then we kind of rinse and repeat when it came to the access points I was describing earlier. So you can come out of that point to point kit into a network switch and into another access point and that access point and network switch still see it as a hardwired connection. Yep. So um, it's pretty awesome. My preference is to always run a wire. And I know that's probably yours too, which is yep. like, if you can run a wire, please, dear God, run a wire. <laughs> <laughs> please, 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 please run a wire. And it makes sense. Like if it's plugged in, it's probably going to work more often than something that's wireless. Um, but I would say because these point to points lock in, uh, I don't, I, it's one of those few exceptions to the rule where you go, yeah, it's, it's going to be actually just fine. Uh, I feel very confident about that. It's going to work you know, 99% of the time. So, um, 
Well, all right. So we, I think we've covered a ton of good stuff in terms of uh, access points. Um, is there any kind of best practices or things that you try and do um, regarding the 2.4 and the 5? Sure, sure. So if you, you kind of take a, a step back and just view them as they are, um, 5 is bigger than 2.4. So you're going to automatically think, hey, this is what I need to connect all my devices to every time. And while that sounds like a great idea, most devices, um, especially handheld devices that you have, aren't necessarily going to take full advantage of the 5 gigahertz because you know, your phone is only going to pull, if you're watching a movie on a streaming service, you know, maximum 20, 30 megabits per second at a time. So do I really need to have it connected to the five gigahertz band, which can, you know, give you that full, full extended range of speed that you pay for um, when I can connect my gaming system to that. So it gets its faster speeds, but I'm not interfering with it when I'm utilizing my phone. Mm. Um, the, uh, the other lim the limitation to five gigahertz is also uh, distance. So okay. if you want to put 5G, 5, 5G, goodness, not 5G, uh, 5 gigahertz <laughs> throughout, uh, throughout the home and get great coverage, that means we've got to add more access points closer together to give you more coverage of that, of that speed, if you will, across your home. Mm. 2.4, on the other hand, has qu quite a bit more distance as far as coverage across your home. But again, your limitation is is it it can only reach, um, you know, a certain speed. So, okay. um, so so five is short range, high speed. Mm -hmm. Two is long range, but slightly slower speed, but still usable and beyond usable. Right. If if I'm hearing you correctly. So, yep. What was w when you design out? um a system i'm sure there's probably some specific uh applications or maybe there was a job that you can remember that uh you kind of designed um a really cool or custom uh network yeah yeah um you know we do we do primarily residential in 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 our line of work but this and this particular uh example uh was a business run out of a residential home. Of course. Uh, I say home. This was a, a house. Uh, and what I mean by that, it, it, it was pretty close to 11,000 square feet if you included the, the entire finished basement, which was reconfigured into an office space. Wow. Um, but essentially they had a, six or seven folks plus the, the owner of the business and his secretary. Some of that was uh, podcasting, video casting, or hosting video calls. Yep. Um, and then just general internet usage across the space. But they also had a, a hangout room that they wanted to make sure that if someone wanted to go up there and chill and watch a movie for a little bit, or they wanted to have a get together on a Friday, they would do that. Um, but they didn't want it to interfere with any of the other things I just listed. So uh, we came in and they were utilizing a gateway. Just, just a gateway. Just a gateway with two extenders. <laughs> let me guess right. uh yep not great <laughs> nope nope one of them was placed uh in the room about 10 feet away from the gateway to hopefully shoot the signal towards their podcasting section 
The other was in the owner's office, which was the primary bedroom of the home. Ah, uh, gotcha. But on the opposite side of the house. <laughs> um, so immediately we get out, you know, this, this particular client came into the store, actually. I happened to run into him, and we're talking about all of his, you know, uh, issues with this space. You know, hey, we run our business out of here. You know, I, I need to be able to utilize my internet service. I pay for fiber internet, and I'm not getting it. Um, and it, you know, we can only have one or two people, it seems like doing anything on the network at a time, or we're dropping off or, you know, especially in that hangout space, we barely even get anything up there. Uh, we came out, um, immediately discussed, uh, a, a custom solution, uh, through one of our premium brands. Um, and, uh, that one utilized six wireless access points in the home. Awesome. These access points were the top tier, so they could cover about 1,500 to 2,000 square feet of space. Uh, wow. In a perfect scenario. Uh, that's why I did six, because I, I like to overestimate a little bit, assuming there's some sort of construction in the wall that may interfere, or a window. Windows are bad for for internet, uh, yeah. for wireless. Windows, anyway. concrete. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, not great. Uh, and... You know, to, to to make a long story short, we put all of the the system in, um, and we went from all of those things that the client was was having opportunities with and issues with, to uh, him calling me two or three times the next week just to tell me how much he loved that he could just get on and do whatever he needed to do and not have to call someone and say, "Hey, jump off your computer," or <laughs> something along those lines, or "Hey, we had a movie night." on Friday, it was great. I really appreciate what you did. And honestly got several referrals from it because we turned that, you know, internet issue into a bulletproof solution that to this day still runs perfectly fine. And this was in 2016, early 2016. So, I mean, uh, there are better solutions out there now, um, but this one is still top-notch and current. Well, and you know what's so funny about that is like, we have this perception of technology sometimes where we think, oh, the latest and greatest is out. And, you know, uh, a certain uh, manufacturer just came out with another phone, which is exactly the same as the last version of the phone. <laughs> and people were <laughs> lining up around the corner for this new one that's supposed to change their lives. And it's, you know, direct from God or whatever it is. And you're yep. like, uh, <laughs> uh yeah, and I think it's it's really important to note, like, if you do uh, something in a custom technology world, you're not talking about a two-year style solution. There's a level of technology that transcends the consumer or prosumer level that is kind of in this, you know, it's an upper tier, I get it, and it's going to cost more money. But when you do a solution like that, you're going to get seven, eight, ten years. I think there's a, 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 a company that we work with that has a 10-year manufacturer's warranty on its product right mm -hmm. and you're looking at that going like what do you mean you guarantee the technology for 10 years like the technology's technology is going to change before you reuse it and you're like well actually what this is designed for is very specific and so if you need that piece it's going to run and we need it to run quite honestly because yep. i don't want to do this again in two years or three years right. or four years or whatever i want right to do it right the first time <laughs> Right, right, right. Well, yep. It, I, that's so awesome, man. That uh, 
you were able to solve uh, solve that guy's problems um, because that's really what it's about. It's about the client. It's about making sure that they get what they need and what's built specifically for them. Um, so that's just that's so cool. That's that's very cool. I own a system of this caliber. I know you do as well. Prior to me owning this type of system with access points, I replaced my router probably four times within three to four years. Yeah. Because the latest and greatest was out on the shelf and you're like, oh my gosh. And I'm a heavy user. My wife is a heavy user. We have, you know, family and friends and we play games when they come over. So it was important that I have that experience too. And, and, uh, you know, what you buy off the shelf is just designed to last two or three years. It's not a forever device. Right. And and that's why they're so inexpensive. Yeah. I think it's, it's true because you think about it and as soon as you realize I'm not putting someone down, right? But just like mm-hmm. there's different levels and different purposes in, in all industries, right? If I get a, a, a hamburger from a fast food joint, I don't expect that to be a filet mignon from my favorite steakhouse. Like right. they are two different things and for two different purposes. When I want a fast food burger, then I go get one <laughs> and I'm happy and I'm and, and that's what it's supposed to be. And when I want steak and I want to do a date night, then that's what we go do. And so it just becomes, you know, what do you do after? What do you, what's, what's your purpose? And, um, well, we've covered a ton of things. We've covered, um, how the internet gets in. So we've talked about internet service providers. We've talked about switches. Uh, we've talked about, um, access points and, uh, we've talked about how to put some design together, uh, different designs together. We've talked about 2.4 and five. Um, so I guess the thing is, once you have a good network infrastructure, what can you say yes to after the fact and going forward? Uh, we don't have to cover everything, obviously, but what are some of the things that um, you get to say yes to after you get a good network? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll, home automation is the big one. I mean, uh, you and I, that's primarily where we yep. we deal nowadays is don't just connect this one room. Let's connect all of these different rooms and the lights and all of that and whatnot. So. Not to generalize it, but being able to expand into multiple zones of video entertainment, multiple zones of audio entertainment, being able to play what's on the TV in the living room, in the kitchen, and outside all at the same time. Yep. Um, so while like, also your kids upstairs playing you know, their video game of choice um, online with their friends, while your other child is streaming you know, video chatting with their friends or streaming something on one of the the video services out there. So, um, you know, in a nutshell, gives you a lot of expandability. Yeah. So you you just you're not limited anymore by what you can do with your technology because the infrastructure now is is correctly in place. Um, the biggest one I've seen recently too is going outside. A lot of folks are taking stuff outside. And yep. so I want to be able to sit outside and listen to music and watch a game and sit in my pool and still check, you know, Facebook. And mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, we, our lives are so different now than they were 30 years ago, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yep. But that being yep. said, that's where we're at. So, um, yep. you know, let's make sure that our technology works, uh, you know, really well uh, today uh, as well as, right, you know, five, six, seven, ten years from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, I would like to say thank you for listening to The Sound of Design with Mark and Dan. Uh, please like, comment, and subscribe, and uh, feel free to uh, share with your friends. 
Uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. So if you have t uh, questions or uh, things that uh, you want to hear as show topics or things along those lines, feel free to reach us at thesoundofdesign.com. And uh, thanks Woo. for listening. Thank you.